0: It's gonna be a very, very intense journey.
1: Again.
0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of Frame Skip, your weekly video game podcast hosted by one of the five of us. I am Austin Eller, and I'm joined solely tonight by my good friend George McCorkle Jones Loftus.
1: That's
0: that's me, baby. <laughs> How I are you, feel George?
1: privileged. I feel I'm good. I feel privileged because I've been able to record solo podcasts now with every cast member except for coach.
0: That's true. That's
1: true. He's the he's the only one I haven't been able to one on one with. Yeah.
0: Well, coach, uh, coach needs to get on here. He needs to you know, you need to round out the 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 series of podcasts, I guess you need to get a one on one with coach. Yeah, talk coach, about I'm going to. I'm going to say
1: what no one else has the courage to say. Your kids would rather listen to you on a podcast than, than talk after school about some tutorship program. So stop stop tutoring.
0: Sick burn your
1: podcast. Come back to us, coach. (laughs) We miss you. (laughs) They're way more interested in your opinion on super Mario brothers two and how it plays on NES online than they are. What happened uh, in
0: the 1800s or didn't happen. Republic commando, Arkham city. You know, the coach staples. Yeah. <laughs> so the other day I was
1: playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? That's my coach impression.
0: <laughs> so, George, how how have you been? Has it been a, been a good week since we last recorded? Yeah, it's been all right. I give it about a B. Good, good. Yeah, Glad how, to hear. How about you? Yeah, pretty much the same. I had a weekend off, which was nice. We uh, That is nice did adulting things. We went and got the oil changed in our car. And uh, what else did we do this weekend? Something else that I'm forgetting. But yeah, we. We uh, had a had a weekend, I guess.
1: So see, that's how I know you're not really an adult (laughs) is because you viewed it as something to do rather as an excuse from doing something else. That's like the true measure of an adult using that as like, well, sorry. I'm gonna be late for work tomorrow. I gotta get my oil change, and the only appointment I could get was at seven forty-five. Sorry. And so you use that to roll in like thirty-five minutes late to work. That's the yeah. real adult thing. You use that to cancel other plans, other prior <laughs> engagements. You don't save it for a Saturday. Like, come on, man. Right. <laughs> you, That's what, true. You, you schedule you schedule a dentist on Saturdays too. Get out. Well, of here, I actually
0: no. I remember the other thing I did. I went to the eye doctor yesterday, so that I also did that. Oh. So did did an oil change, eye doctor. But you're right. I've been saving it for the weekend that I'm off. So maybe I should use more, you know, Hey, sorry, I work 11 to six. I'm going to schedule this for three o'clock. Sorry about that guys.
1: It's really dumb. Like
0: I, (laughs) I noticed it so much more here than when I lived in San
1: Francisco or Boston or Los Angeles, but like in a small town, I work from like nine to six basically. Right. Like I have to be at my computer at all times. I never know when I'm going to have a meeting in five minutes. Like, you know, sometimes they're very last, last minute assigned. So I like have to be here, but like most businesses close at like five here in the winter. Yeah. Which sucks, you know? And so right. it's like, OK, so I guess I'll grocery shop on Saturday. Like, it'd be really nice if I could do it not on Saturday, like if I could have like a whole day off where I didn't have like obligations to to here, to. But uh, man, it really just stinks that it's like, oh, and the grocery store that closes at seven. So I got to just bounce immediately after work drive 45 minutes and I only have 50 minutes to grocery shop, you know, before they close.
0: That's so like, like a it's a crazy weird. concept to me. Oh, it sucks. You Cause can't. I've never lived in a town like that. I mean, pretty much everywhere in Georgia is, is relatively hour wise, pretty much the same as far as stores. Like we, we shop at Kroger a lot, which is owned by the same people that own like Fred Meyer and stuff out West. Yeah. And, um, they're the one we shop at. I'm pretty sure they're open till like 2am, which is crazy. And it's just like a I normal grocery store. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, there
0: was like a 24 hour grocery store
1: like in Burlington, you know, which like isn't like a huge town, but it is significantly bigger than like uh, the the town I'm currently living in. And so I know it's not like everywhere in New England, but it's it's a lot of places in New England that have, I'd say, a population of. Probably like less than 30,000. Yeah you know, we like the McDonald's closes at 10 p.m. So it's like, uh, oh, man, so, like if, so if we go like late <laughs> night bowling, like we can't get McDonald's after like that sucks. Yeah. You know, it's just like little things like that that I, I started to take for granted after living in San Francisco where I could get, you know, an amazing Hunan Chinese meal delivered at four o'clock in the morning if I really wanted yeah. to, you know.
0: So like, uh, OK, this is the the real tell then. I mean, you just said McDonald's closes at 10 p.m. Does Walmart also close at like eight, nine, ten o'clock, or is that Walmart closes at 11?
1: So I'm unable to do any like midnight launches. So like that sucks because I would honestly I would rather go. I'd rather go at midnight on Thursday to pick a game up than Friday after work. Yeah. That's crazy. Amazon doesn't have two days shipping here, so that sucks. Oh, man, we have one day shipping
0: here. Get that so it'll come the next day. Yeah. I ordered a Meta Knight Amiibo today because they were in stock on Amazon. It's like, oh yeah, it'll be there tomorrow.
1: Like, okay. Yeah, do you remember? That was like around, (laughs) I think the first time we met was at uh, that PAX. That was when the Amiibo craze was, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say peak, but like when it started, you know, and then it sustained for a couple years, I think after that. But that was like when everyone was looking for like uh, the villager from Animal Crossing. They're looking for We Fit Woman.
0: Yep. Those Dude, that was a crazy speed. time. That was a crazy time. I never got like crazy into it. I never, I mean I, I bought the ones that I saw, but I was never mm-hmm. going out of my way specifically to like pay. I've never paid above MSRP for for an Amiibo. Um, even though I have like 60 of them or something. 65? Yeah. Somewhere around there. Um, but it's just crazy to think back to that time because now like they still sell out. I mean the, the Kirby ones, they've been reprinting for uh, the new game coming out and they posted them on Amazon a couple days ago. And all of them, I want to say it was Kirby, DDD, and Meta Knight. They all sold out like within 15, 20 seconds on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it's
1: yeah crazy it's... to
0: see that now and like still compare it to like the old days where it was like, oh yeah, Marth is only at this one GameStop 30 miles away and you have to go get it there. And it's just, uh, it's crazy to see how some of that has still continued over time. I wouldn't go like out of my way. Once they bump the
1: prices up, like I remember buying a Squirtle at Target and I was like, oh, it's a tiny little Amiibo. This will be $12.99, you know, whatever. And then I like go to the checkout and it's $15.99. I'm like, what the hell? Like. I remember the Divine Beasts were $15.99 and that made sense to me because like they were like a more complicated build. They were a newer set. They were bigger figures generally like more detailed figures than the smash brothers ones and and like that 1599 was kind of like what broke me and so if i saw one that was like 20 bucks or less that was like a character i really cared about because i used to try to collect the entire series yeah but then it had to be a character i had like a specific memory with like i loved f-0 gx so like if i saw like you know captain falcon after that then like that was like a must buy but like once they bumped the price up i was i was just kind of over it you know like they just took yeah. it they took something that was like fun and like inconsequential. Like, oh, yeah, like 12 bucks. Like that's, you know, five of those will buy a game like that's that's nothing. But then like once it became 1599, it's like, well, with tax, that's 18 bucks. That's a third of a game. You know, like it was just like me doing like that head math. And I really think it's like the same problem with comic books where it's like, oh, yeah, I used to buy a lot of comics and it was super fun because they were like, you know, I, I could buy five for ten dollars back when they were dollar ninety five. Like, that's really cool. Now that they're like 6 bucks I'm like I really have to like think about how I want to spend this money. <laughs> you right. know, like right. and they're ju- they're just making it not fun anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm still a sucker for them. You know, I'm a big Nintendo fan in general and and I I still do like collecting them, but at this point I was like you were I there was a period of time where I was trying to get all of them. I mean I I was that guy at, at the start where I went out and got Wii Fit Trainer and like these the stupid amiibos that I just really had no attachment to. Um, but now I really solely collect figures from series that I care about. So like I have have most of the Zelda ones. There's a few I'm missing. There was that one line that they released that had the Wind Waker link in Zelda. And then it had, I want to say it was the Ocarina of Time link. It yeah. was all in one time frame. And somehow I missed all of those. But uh, I have most like, of the I Zelda was, ones. I got the Ocarina
1: of Time one. I really like that one. Yeah, I got. Links Awakening, I think I got that yeah, one. Like I the, do have that one. remake one. Yeah, I got Midna, mm-hmm. but then the one that broke me was I was trying so hard to get Samus and the Metroid like that two pack yeah. when uh, Samus Returns Dude. was coming. Yeah, that was like impossible for me to find. I really think like it, that was like the one that like helped me quit. You know, like the fact that I couldn't get that one, I was like, well all right, the streak is over. Like there's no point in starting up again. Like, it's yeah,
0: done. I, I do have those. And honestly, I don't remember how I got them. I'm trying to remember how, when I bought them, but it was years ago. It was like around the time the, the game actually came out, the Samus returns. Uh, yeah, but I do, I do have all the Metroid ones. 2017, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was like right around the time of the switch launch, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, that's right. Cause it came out that summer and we're like, why the hell is this on yeah.
0: 3DS and, and yeah. not on switch this? Yeah. So, but anyway, long story short, I've gotten to a point where I really only buy them from the franchises I really care about. So um, these Amiibo are way too expensive. I'm just going to buy hundred dollar monster hunter statues. Instead. Yeah. Well, Hey, I mean, I have all the monster hunter Amiibo as well. So yeah. <laughs> and I have a bot. Now, <laughs> I
1: mean, I, I buy like recently I bought like a $55 Gundam model. So I'm like, Oh, that's like a toy that like, isn't even built. Like I have to build it and like, I could mess up building it. I could just yeah. have like, a broken toy. So I'm like, I really shouldn't, shouldn't make yeah. fun of Amiibos too much. <laughs> it has at least come pre-built and pre-painted. So that's pretty. That's neat. That's yeah. good.
0: Good change. Yeah. yeah. So I think my the the my proudest one that I have though is Joker from Persona Five. I was like really happy that I was able to snag that because it's one of my all-time favorite games. But I have it boxed now, and that thing is worth like sixty or seventy dollars. Oh, sweet! So I was really really happy with that purchase. My but,
1: favorite that I have, I was so happy the day I found Shulk that, oh, that yeah. was really cool. I'm yeah, like, I never even played Xenoblade Chronicles like the original, but I just really gravitated towards that character in Smash just because yeah. I thought he like looked really cool. And then I found out you could basically just like put him in like a bikini bottom and like shirtless with a sword. I'm like, well, that's really funny. So I, I would just play the character like that. That's awesome. So that was that was my favorite one. There was just it got a little too deep at some points. And I'm still pissed. I was working at a job in Boston and I was let go from that job because I made unsavory comments towards my my boss. I let them know <laughs> how I really felt about my job. And apparently you shouldn't do that. Uh, So they asked me to not come in and I had a Donkey Kong and Mario Super Smash Brothers Amiibo at my desk. and I never got them back.
0: Oh, man. And those are like sucks. Pretty- those are like
1: pretty hard to find now.
0: Yeah, i yeah. pissed
1: off actually. Yeah,
0: I never got Donkey Kong. That's one of the ones that I, I don't have from the original. Yeah, that's lineup. the one I'm still trying to track down because like
1: that's the only character I play as in Mario Kart. Like he's yeah. naked and he just wears a tie. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, I want to play as
1: that guy. <laughs> he seems like a cool guy.
0: Well, awesome. Awesome. Um, I mean, George, I guess kind of moving away from Amiibos here for a second. Have you been playing anything that you want to talk about on the show this week? Yeah. I've played one game this weekend and uh, it
1: feels disingenuous to say I played a game like uh, I played Deep Rock Galactic, which is technically a game, but really it's like how my friends from San Francisco and I like stay in touch. Like it is like how we phone call, how we Skype, how we Zoom, whatever you want to call it. And so I played with them a little bit this weekend, but I was so close to like promoting my character again. Austin, let me tell you how BS this game is, OK. OK. All right, so you start off level zero, right? That makes sense. You're just starting. Of right. course, you're level zero. You little you little dwarf baby. Yeah. Of course, you start there. Then you get up to level 25. And by the time you hit level 25, you should be able to max out every stat you want for that character. Cool? Cool. Then you get a star on your little character, like on your name tag. It's like, oh, cool, I got promoted. Then you go up another 25 levels. Then you get a second star. You're like, wow, this is cool, but also it's like not really that different. And then you go up a third time after 25 levels. So that's 75 levels, just so we're, like, keeping score. Um, Basically, if you do, like, the hardest mission, you can go up a level and a half, maybe a level. If you, If you do, like, the hardest type of mission, that's, like, a level three. The hardest is level five, but, like, no one really does level fives unless they're crazy. And so like I did all that and I was really excited. And so like now I'm advanced from what was bronze to silver. And I'm like, wait, what? And it turns out if I want the platinum in this game, I have to get to gold. I did the math. It's basically like getting your character to level 175. I just hit silver. I've put almost 70 hours into this game. Jeez. Yeah, so I think I need to like not necessarily double that to get to gold, but like that sucks. And then I basically have to start over with the other characters and the trophies don't always pop the way you expect them to. Oh, no. Like um, on my in-game stat screen, it says I've done like 160 missions, whatever. And then on my trophy tracker, it says I have done I'm stuck at 99 missions. So like that trophy hasn't popped. Yet. I'm like, well, that sucks because I uh, sure have done a lot more than 99 missions. Yeah. So this is me saying you got to sort your trophies out people like you got to fix it don't ask people to spend 600 hours in your game that sucks like be happy that they do spend 600 hours in your game but like make it so you only have to platinum or like get to get to the gold level with one character don't make you don't make you do it for every single class that's ridiculous that's preposterous and like that sucks because like i play as a driller each class has like their own special unique weapons and like their own special like uh mining tools like I'm really good with a driller. Like I'm like very valuable in multiplayer missions because like I know exactly what to do and I know how to do it really effectively. So the last thing I want to do after spending like probably a hundred hours by the time I I get to level gold or whatever, the last thing I want to do is like start with a new character. Like I'm a freaking pro. Like you don't ask a pitcher in the MLB after six years, like yeah, that's su- super sweet. Can you um you want try second base? It's like what? no. Like, I'm a pitcher, man. Like, what do you yeah. want? Ugh, so that's, that, I just had to get uh, that off my chest.
0: Well, that really bothers me, too, when games do that. Like, Diablo 3, the trophy list for that, you have to level up each character to the maximum level for a trophy. And it's like, oh, God, just why? Why does this matter? Why do I have to do it for every single character for this stupid trophy? Um, They, they, they need I to I start doing it
1: that like uncharted, mid, right? Yeah. Where it's like, okay, like, yeah, include difficulty trophies but like make those DLC and like not even all difficulty trophies. Like I think the crushing on Uncharted, like that's fine. But then they release like grounded equivalent for Uncharted, right? But they made that DLC. And same thing with uh, like Mass Effect, like the uh, they made it on insanity. Like that was all DLC. It's like, yes, do that. So like you're never going to have 100% if you don't do that. And like that might be more annoying than not having the platinum. But like, God, like just it feels like people like Amiibos are just going out of their way to like make things less fun. Yeah. And I just don't understand that aspect of it. You know, like you're kind of sucking the joy out of this thing that like I at least did really like at first. And that's kind of, it's kind of salting my, my perspective of this in the long run.
0: I mean, I really do think, and I remember, I want to say it was Colin and Greg on podcast beyond like ages ago said that they had this idea of being like trophy consultants for companies. Yeah. Yeah. And like, no joke. I think that's brilliant because there are so many people yourself, Elijah, even me to an extent, I don't seek as many Platinums anymore, but I used to, um, you know, I'll go out of my way to play more of a game if it's got a good trophy list. And if it doesn't, I'm probably not going to play it as long, frankly. So I have, I have bought so many
1: games that were available on game pass because of a trophy platinum. Like yeah, I didn't need to spend money on rainbow six extraction, but I did cause I yeah. wanted the platinum. And conversely, there have been games I didn't buy on PlayStation that were available on games Pass, like because they didn't have a good trophy set. Right. Like I didn't buy the game. I was really looking forward to. It was called a uh, Raj and ancient Epic. Yeah. And it was like a third person yeah. action game. And like the, this beautiful, right. like, uh, indian aesthetic and i was so excited to play that game and i immediately like saw it was on sale i'm like hell yeah let me check out this trophy list and there was no platinum i'm like well screw that like i'm not right. <laughs> i'm not gonna dive into that on playstation oh it's on game pass hell yeah all right i'll check it out there and right was, well
0: fine. i mean there are some games too that have such good trophy lists and they are such good games like for me this is something i've wanted to do and i haven't done it yet but i i'm, I'm going to eventually i want to buy Control Ultimate Edition again for Xbox and get all the achievements on Xbox as well. Because I have the yeah. Platinum on PlayStation, and that is one of my just probably top 10 games of all time. And again, that trophy list is so good, that achievement list is so good that I would literally buy it again for Xbox just so that I can go through that and do it again on that platform.
1: So, just so we're clear, a question about that game in particular. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry if you don't know the answer, I'm going to put you no, on the spot. Fine. I really wanted to play that game. I was so excited for that game. It just ran like hell on my launch PS4. So if I take the PS4 disc and put it into my PS5, it's not going to automatically download the PS5 version, is it? Correct.
0: You, okay. you for control, if you have the original PS4 version, it will stay the PS4 version unless you have the Ultimate Edition. Okay. That's the only That's way to good. actually access the PS5
1: copy that's good to hear because like i want to finish that trophy list that i started on ps4
0: yeah that that i find infuriating yeah so and people i guess kind of got upset about that with uh with control but yeah it's unless you have the ultimate edition that's the only way to get the ps5 version unless you buy the standalone ps5 version obviously yeah so okay it's a little easy a little frustrating but yeah it it solves your your problem, though. Either way, <laughs> again, this is just an
1: example of people making things not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so. there is there is some like a Twitter thread I saw a couple months ago. And like, I've really sort of taken it to heart recently because I started playing D&D again. But it was a, a tweet about this guy who like went to some game uh, game shop, sorry. And he saw some guy who was like DMing for a bunch of kids, like teaching them how to play D&D. And like the kids like came across a dragon or whatever and they started fighting it. And um, you know, they managed to like slay it after a whole bunch of turns. Uh, But the guy who saw this noticed that like the guy wasn't writing anything down. And so he like approached the guy after the game He was just like, Hey, how'd you know how much HP like the dragon had? Like, how'd you know? Like when they actually killed it and he was just like, Oh, they killed it when it stopped being fun. Like the point of this is for it to be fun. Like I don't need, I'm not going to sit there and like, wait for them to min-max their roles, you know, so they can get 140 HP dragon down. Like they played it until it was fun. They ac- accomplished a challenge. They had like really cool stories. Like that's the point of this is to like make things that's easier interesting. and like make, make things more enjoyable. Yeah. And since I started playing D D again the past couple weeks, like that's, uh, that's all I can think about is just like what is actual fun game design versus like what is expected versus what is profitable i I guess you know and it's just like weighing those three pillars
0: yeah i mean that's i i i don't know how much you want to keep talking about uh deep rock but i was going to say that's that's actually something i'm starting to notice with gran turismo 7 um which is really pretty much the only game i've been playing the past week uh Mm -hmm. where it's a fun game i mean i i think it's great i think it's really well made i know it's gotten a, a few criticisms because of its graphical um capabilities i guess compared to forza horizon 5 and that doesn't really bother me too much i mean i i do think forza is probably the better looking game to be honest with you but um it's just not the kind of game it is you know forza is all about the huge vistas and traveling through mountains and rainforests and stuff and that's just not that's not what gran turismo is um but anyway long story short you talk about fun game design and the thing I'm starting to notice with Gran Turismo is the game is so money hungry that it's starting to lose me a little bit, like as far as you basically in in seven, you have these cafe missions and basically the cafe is like your main story mode. And so you'll go to this cafe, it'll give you like a cafe menu or whatever, and it'll have three races that you go and complete. And when you do those three races, it'll give you a new car and it's kind of taking you through categories. So like the one that I just did, if I'm remembering correctly, it was Japanese rally cars. So I did three races and I got like a Subaru WRX and a, and a Mitsubishi eclipse or a Mitsubishi. Um, uh, I, I can't think of the word right now. The, the, uh, the other rally car, I, I can't think of the name, but um Anyway, it it gives it rotates through essentially. It acts like a story mode to teach you some about these cars and the problem I'm realizing is that to do these cafe missions, it wants you to have a a powerful enough car in that specific area. And so like the one that I did today, I had to upgrade, I think it was a Subaru that I was using, and I had to upgrade it but to get it to the level that it recommended in order to complete these races, I literally had to blow through like probably two hundred fifty thousand credits which is at least like at least 10 races worth of credits and i mean that's that's like a solid couple hours of time
1: yeah which is really rough because like like i i looked up a whole bunch of deep rock galactic videos just because i think we're yeah. having like a very similar conversation just right. across like i think we are two games um and I like, I just remember searching. I'm like, there's got to be a better way, man. So I just like Googled, like, you know, how to level fast and deep rock galactic today. And someone just wrote, just play the game. And I'm like, OK, but there's a difference. Like, I enjoy playing this game. But you're asking me to play this game for 600 hours. And like, I understand, like, this is on me. This is my personal thing, because like, I want this trophy. And maybe part of me wants a trophy because it is supposed to take 600 hours. And like, if I get that, that's like a more meaningful trophy. Maybe that's like something subconsciously I need to like actually examine about myself before I I start committing to it. But it's just. It's like, I understand this is the, the progression of the game, but it's like you couldn't have made it so it was like five races like that's still like a lot of time to sink into something. And like it gives me like a uh, something to look forward to when I actually do gather enough credits. But it's like, are you really telling me that like I I need to earn this by doing ten rate? Like I need to spend an hour to earn one car? Like it, it, and yeah. it just, it, it's just it, it's almost the same conversation with Elden Ring, right? Where it's just like everyone's talking about difficulty when people say the game needs to be more accessible. It's like no, we're actually not talking about difficulty. No, like it's not no. difficult to earn these cars. It's just like. You purposely designed it to be so time-consuming, right? That it's like inhibiting my way to enjoy the game, you know. Like, well, yeah, it's a yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the, I guess of the of the thing it's, is, at the end of the day, too, right?
0: Y- yeah, yeah, for sure. W- I, the thing for me with Gran Turismo that bothers me is the way it's set up. Essentially, is to progress in the story mode. It essentially forces you to go. Do, like I said, 10, 15 other races in between each cafe menu so that Mm. you can go and and get the card that you need to actually do the next story stuff. So there's really no real progression. It's like, all right, you'll do a few story story races, quote unquote, and then you're just like screwed. Like you have to go figure out how to make money and come back after to like get to the next mission. So that that really bothers me. And I don't know if that gets better over time. You know, I've only put maybe 10, 15 hours in. But um, at this point, it's like, man, i really... Th- maybe this is like a personal problem. <laughs> maybe if I had more time, I wouldn't be so concerned about this. But I feel like I really just want a game that respects my time. And yeah. like a game where I can sit down and play it and feel like I actually did something instead of grinding away for, for unnecessary money and and races in a game where I just want to progress well that's like
1: when we had Seth on a couple months ago he was really confused as to like why we liked Miles Morales more than like the you know Peter Parker PS4 Spider-Man game one I just thought it was like a really good emotional story and I thought that meant more I didn't really care for like the Peter Parker Spider-Man story just because I feel like I've seen similar enough stories before but like I thought that was like one of the better Miles Morales stories that's why I really latched onto it. But two, like, man, that game is just. It shows you all these cool, fun things you can do, and then it doesn't ask you to do them 100 times. It asks you to do them five times, you know, like. Right. There were right. so many fewer boss areas for you to go to. There's so many fewer bases for you to take over. And like, that was still there. But like, it didn't ask you to do all the crimes the way like the original game did. It was like, dude, like this sucks, you know, like in, in the Peter Parker game where it's just like, OK, I beat the game. But I still had like five hours to play after that. And like, I guess I don't need it to line up necessarily, but like it, it's not even like I, I need or want to. But it's like you said, like I felt like my time wasn't being respected in a way that right Miles Morales did until I had to replay the game to get that stupid bronze trophy. But that's not that's because <laughs> that went by super fast. But like, I yeah, the second time I played through that game, I was able to do it in like five, six hours, you know, like. Maybe it is because I'm getting older. Maybe it's because I make a little bit more money now than I did when I was a kid. But, like, man, I don't need a 100-hour game to be happy, especially when that 100 hours is just, like, artificial padding. You know? like That's That's the thing. It's, like, the least fun.
0: Right. There's a difference in having a a super long game that is compelling and enjoyable because of the way that it's designed versus a 100-hour game that has... You know, let's just say, let's stick with this kind of story side quest type example, a hundred hour game that has 15 hours of story missions and 85 hours of grinding or whatever it may be, or 85 hours of just complete garbage fetch quest, uncompelling side missions, which I've definitely experienced plenty of games that are set up that way. So yeah, I mean, like Persona, I think is a great example for me of, yeah, that game's a hundred hours long, but it's compelling the whole way mm-hmm. i would say so um yeah it's just I, I, again maybe it's a personal problem maybe it's because i have less time to to game these days but uh just just really bothers me when i spend like 70 dollars on a game and and when i'm sitting there playing it it just wants me to like you said it, i mean it's padded padded content so yeah
1: and the first time i really noticed this was with destiny one on playstation 4 where like it really did seem like no you gotta do this thing a hundred times it's like well i have to do it a hundred times if i could just do it 25 times like you hear me like you, you, similar thing just a little different right a little more kind to me because like a lot of these games are starting to feel like a second job you know yeah and deep yeah. rock galactic i've played i think eight missions by myself and i just like it sucks. There's a trophy for completing 100 missions by yourself. I'm like, I don't know if I can do that, man. Like, that's that's not why I'm playing this game. And it's just like a little frustrating where it's like, why would they encourage you to be alone in this multiplayer based class based shooter, you know, and like the game is excellent. Like, it's probably going to be my game of the year. At least it is right now, unless, you know, Ghostwire Tokyo, who knows? Forspoken, who knows? We'll see. Those are the games I'm really looking forward to or moderately looking forward to, I guess, violet indigo. Yeah, baby. Now we're talking, let's go. Um, we'll we'll see. But like, God, it is so disrespectful. I'm I'm so, I'm sitting yeah. here like like someone who just like realized like, oh, man, that was like a really bad experience like that was like she was a bad girlfriend. She was like a bad person to me, you know, like I'm
0: just sitting there and like contemplating every every bit yeah. of trauma. No, and I yeah. mean. Uh, like i said i mean I, I think we're having the same conversation about two different games and so my my last thing i'll say and we can move on to other stuff here is, as far as games we've been playing i mean i'm still enjoying gran turismo but i i think it's going to be one of those titles where you know i got my my money's worth out of it i enjoyed it for what it was but it's just i think i'd rather focus on something else at this point yes. so that's that's yeah, kind of where
1: i'm at i'm I'm bagging on Deep Rock Galactic. It was literally all I could think about today. And like, but that's like the confusing thing is like, George, did you want to play that game or did you just miss your friends all day? Like, did you just want to hang out with your friends playing that game? And it's like, that's like, I still need to figure that out, dude. But that's valid. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I don't feel bad about being torn on that. However, I just wish I had like more of a clear answer. I'm like, do I want to play Deep Rock Galactic? Or like, do I want to just zoom with my
0: friends and have a beer? You know, I mean, the the thing, the one I always think of when I think about that is PUBG. When PUBG first came out on PC, um, I played like a couple hundred hours with Elijah and a few other friends of the show. This was during the period of time where r and had stopped and Frame Skip had not started. And so that was when we were like trying to figure out ways to keep up with each other. And literally that game is like a broken, disgusting mess, or at least it was when it first came out. But it was so much fun because we were just chatting and playing together and having a laugh. And I mean, that's what I used it for for 200 hours. And it was a great time. Nice. So can I share a piece of good news with you, though?
1: Yes. For the past couple of months, I felt like I just wasn't super into games. And I feel like I'm slowly getting over that. Like, I, I feel like I'm starting to get excited about games again. Yeah. So I need to review my gaming goals for the year. OK because I think my year is starting now and I'm ready to get into it. Also, I bought a whole bunch of games off eBay for Switch and I'm very excited. Ooh. Awesome. Got a little little Damon X Machina. <laughs> Got a little Octopath Traveler. Yeah.
0: Got a little Dude. Astral Chain. I need to get that game.
1: Yeah, and it just sucks because it's like, why aren't these games in stores anymore? Like what's preventing them from being in stores? Yeah, I don't know.
0: So I Astral Chain is, is what I need to get because I I love platinum and that's one that i never picked up so that's a must for me at some point but well cool uh yeah i need to i need to kind of look at my my goals again too cuz i am i am way off track um, yeah me too not even not even really sure where i where i'm at i know i mentioned about platinum getting the platinum for persona 5 royal and honestly i might take a look at that maybe that's what i'll do next have you started that game yet yeah i i bought it when it launched and okay. I had already played and beaten five, the original copy when it first released, but I did get Royal and I got about 50 hours in. There's a spot in the story where my least favorite thing about that game is in the original version. There's the the last party member that you get. Her dungeon just sucks. And there's like some story stuff that um, happens over that span of like two or three hours that just isn't very great. And so that's exactly where I stopped was just I was I got there and I was like oh no here we go again and I stopped but sure but to back to it. I, in the back of your
1: head I bet you want to complete it cuz Persona yes. 4 or Persona 5 Strikers was a PS Plus game not too long
0: ago. Right. right and I haven't I haven't played Strikers. So yeah exactly exactly. Um but yeah anyway so I'll I'll have to take a look at my my goals as well. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um yeah so we wanted to to kind of hit on well George Wanted to hit on a uh, a fuzzy blue friend of ours who's got a a sequel movie coming out in April. Of course, Sonic the oh, yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. George has some beef. He wants to spill.
1: Yeah. And here so, we first are. things first things first. We're recording this. It was today the trailer dropped, right? Yes. Monday, the, the final 15.
0: Sonic the Hedgehog two movie trailer dropped today, as of recording.
1: All right. Let me say. Let me start this off. I really like the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie. I saw it in theaters. That was the last movie I saw in theaters before lockdown. Had a blast with it. Same. I saw it. Not a lot of people in my theater. So I feel good for supporting, you know, our our hedgehog friend. I had a Sega Genesis growing up. I spent a lot of time with Sonic 3. Spent a lot of time with Sonic 2. But I got some issues with this trailer. One, that was like one of the worst produced trailers I've ever seen. (laughs) Like the actual (laughs) pacing and. Yeah the narrative in the, in the trailer was awful. Like it was genuinely bad the way it started off with like that wedding scene and them coming off the avalanche. And then you see that scene later, just like how it started. It's like, no, this is actually like a freaking mess. Like don't ever make a trailer like this ever again. Also, we got to get out of the habit of giving people 90% of the movie in the trailer and then being like, but we're going to blow their minds with that last 10%. It's like, actually you could have blown my mind with like, You know, 80% of the movie, if you just, like, did something. Like, Ghostwire Tokyo, they made a prequel that was a visual novel that is nothing like the game. Like, awesome. Okay, that's completely different. That's building up hype. Very excited to play that this week. But, like, mm, between this and between every, you know, comic book movie, stop showing me so much stuff. There was a, like... (laughs) Everyone's seen like the bat car chase, the Batmobile chase in the trailer for the Batman. How much cooler would that would have been if, if they just didn't even hint at that at all. And like, we yeah. actually just got to see it and like, I got you, you know, like it would have been really cool oh, if uh, <sighs> they just
0: saved that for the theater, you know? Yeah. Cause I saw that stupid. Yeah. The, I got you segment about 16 million times and we all knew it was coming. I mean, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And that I agree with you that trailer just is not well, well paced. When you see something enough times too, it becomes a joke. Like
1: before there were streaming services, like lots of streaming services, like back in the days of like just Netflix. Like you used to like you'd have to go to like NBC.com to watch uh videos. And so I remember doing that, like catching up because I had a busy semester, freshman year of college. And I just remember watching like four or five episodes of The Office back to back to back on NBC.com, right? But this was before they really figured out, you know, targeting ads. And so I watched the trailer, like the little fifteen second like bumper for uh, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button. No joke, like at <laughs> least thirty five times that day. It was <laughs> the only commercial that aired as I was catching up on the office, yeah. and it was always the fifteen second version. So they would just like run it multiple times to fill like a seventy five second commercial break. And so like it became a joke with me and my roommate. We're like, "How old are you?" Seven but I look a lot older. Like it's like, if you hear something enough times, like it just becomes ridiculous. And so like the, I got you or like the I'm vengeance,
0: you know, like it's just like, okay, yeah, like the cheesiest part of the movie because it was in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously.
1: Wouldn't have been cheesy if it wasn't in the trailer. Like honestly, just turn your trailer into vibes. Like honestly, that's all you have to do. Cut out all the dialogue. Just give me visuals. Give me like a weird instrumental music video. That's one issue I have with the Sonic trailer. The second issue I have is like, Austin, they released the new poster, right? And what's his nuts? The guy who played John Raphael from, uh, yeah, from, Parks, from Parks and Rec, right. I forget his name, Ben yeah, something. Ben uh, Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. Uh, he released a tweet with the poster <laughs> that just said, we understood the assignment you know and it's like a perfect shot for shot recreation of sonic 2 the the video game cover art you know but just contextualized with you know the the movie stuff awesome why am i supposed to congratulate people for copying something that was done 30 years ago i don't know
0: I don't know because it's like oh yeah look at look at you you have good Why photo am editing skills Why I supposed to skills. be
1: excited? <laughs> yeah. Why am I supposed to be excited that they it's like oh good job you remembered the game you were basing your movie off of and you just like copied the the cover art one for one for your movie poster and like that's supposed to impress me like i just i don't understand the hype everyone i saw on twitter today was just like buying and they're like oh this is gonna be so sick it's like why why is this the reason it's gonna be so sick i'm excited to see it i'm gonna buy it on blu-ray the day it comes out because that's what i did with the first movie but like i i guess i just don't understand the pass
0: everyone's giving it just
1: because they like crib their own homework you know
0: yeah well, yeah look at their like i said look at their amazing photoshop skills this must mean it's gonna be a fantastic movie i'm so happy that they were able to make this look the same (laughs) as the sonic the hedgehog 2 cover art (laughs) yeah
1: like okay good that only came out 31 years ago like dope good job guys and so i don't know i'm excited for that it was the worst produced trailer i've ever seen uh and uh the the poster gives me nothing to look forward to i'm like okay great that's
0: dope yeah yeah no, we'll see. I mean, I'm excited for the movie. But like I said, I think um, I, I loved Sonic 1. Like you said, I was in the same boat. That was the last thing I saw before the pandemic started. So interesting, interesting memories there. But um, I told you this off the air, though. And and the thing is, for me, this movie feels like it's really aiming at me specifically, like my generation, because Sonic Adventure was like the the jam. Back in the day. And this really feels like to me, it's really aiming at that audience specifically because you've got the, the snowboard scene, you've got the like scene of tails, like with like the lasers and stuff pointing at them. I mean, this is like for sure trying to get that, you know, mid to early twenties audience on board. And that's so weird to me that you say that. Cause like,
1: I hate to sound like the guy from the curious case of Benjamin, Benjamin button trailer, but Austin, how old are you? I'm 26. I'm 26. You're 26. All right. So I'm five years older than you. I'm 31. I'm going to be 32 in July. How were you possibly aware of what was happening in Sonic Adventure? Like on Dreamcast? Like, like genuinely? Because like I was 10 years old playing that game. I thought that game was like a mess. You know, like a I, I, I game I think is like genuinely bad. It's got awesome vibes. It's it looks super cool. The music's awesome. But it's like a bad game like the parts are so much greater than the sum, you know? So how did you, as, as an actual fresh out of diapers person, and I, I'm not trying to be offensive, but.
0: Well, here's the thing is I played the GameCube versions. So I was, I was probably about the same older. age as you when I played them, maybe a little, already little a little older. older. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I never had a Dreamcast, so I, I played the DX, I guess. And then battle was, uh, the version of two, but no, it was for sure confusing, like one hundred percent. But the thing is, and no joke, like I agree with you that those games are rough and they're really hard to go back to. But I actually did just replay them about two or three years ago, and the mm-hmm. nostalgia factor for me is so strong that I still really like those games. Like I actually really enjoyed replaying them on the uh, the PS3 HD remasters. So that's
1: really sweet to hear I, that. Actually, that makes me really happy, um, but it's funny, I know that they're rough. I, they are rough. That's actually why I don't like Ocarina of Time that much as a game, because I was so young when it came out. I just remember being frustrated, like unable, figuring out like what to do. And then by the time, like um not Majora's Mask, uh Wind Waker came out and like Twilight Princess, like I like those games way more because I was like, actually understanding what the developers were trying to teach me, you know, like, I don't know what it was about Mario, but like I was able to get that one a little, a little better. I struggled a lot as a kid, like in the attic of Mario 64. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, that was why I, I still don't really care for Ocarina that much. And like why I think Wind Waker is probably the best one of all time. Yeah, I get and it. And so that's the only reason I was asking is because, like,
0: dude, you were so young when that game came out. How did you possibly figure that out? Like, that would have broken me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I was always a big Sonic fan, though. I played a lot of Sonic band or a lot of Sonic games when I was younger. And um, did did you like the cartoon? Were you old oh enough yeah. for the cartoon? Yeah. yeah, Sonic X. Yeah, yeah. Or are you talking Whoa, about the not, old
1: ones? The old ones from the nineties, like back I've never the watched the old ones.
0: I I watched Sonic X when I was younger. Yeah, I but
1: think I never watched on. the original. I think they're on either Hulu or Netflix. I think they're really dope just because like they feel super 90s. Yeah. And so I, d- I dig that. But um, I don't know.
0: Mileage may vary. <laughs> I need to watch them at some point. I, I mean, I have heard they're good. And Sonic X is ridiculous. It's, it's kind of in the same vein as Adventure. It's like just it's cheesy as hell, but it's it's enjoyable. It's got a great opening theme. So that's good. Is there a weird <laughs> robot chicken type thing on there? Is there a weird robot chicken? I don't know. I'm not sure. Right, well, that's
1: one thing that the '90s cartoon. One of uh, <laughs> I honestly, I, uh, I, I like the cartoon, but I cannot tell you the difference between Doctor Robotnik and Doctor Eggman. Is there a difference? Well, they're
0: the same person.
1: They're the same person, but like, why do they have the different names, and why are they referred to one as opposed to the other? Like, is it like the Japanese name?
0: Mm. That's a good question. I'm I'm not really sure how that started. Robotnik is his actual name, okay. but Eggman is a nickname. Okay. So I do know gotcha. that. Um, I don't know if maybe right. it started off originally as, you know, in the American versions, he was Eggman and
1: the other For ones sure. he was
0: not. I don't know.
1: So one of his henchmen on the cartoon, the 90s cartoon was a robotic chicken. So that's why. <laughs> that guy meant a lot to me. He, he, oh, was, he was a good so a were, good villain.
0: What was your, like, your platformer of choice like when you were a kid? Cause mine was for sure. Sonic. Like I, I played the living crap out of Sonic two and three and the advanced games actually I played a lot of
1: mine was Mario three on NES. My grandparents had an NES and we had an NES, but they had, they had so many games cause they had so many grandkids. And so they, they basically <laughs> just had like a collection. So like every summer, the grandkids would like go visit like every single one of them. Right. And so we would just have so many. Um, so, Super Mario 3 is like probably my favorite platformer of all time because it's like the one I spent the most yeah. time with just as a, as a kid. I I still don't think I've ever beaten that game, you know, despite I all the it. hours I've poured into it. Yeah. Uh, besides that, like recently, I've been trying. I never got 120 stars in Super Mario 64. And that is something Ooh. I am slowly chipping away at in like the All Stars collection. Yeah. But I again, I don't play that game enough to feel like comfortable bringing it up on the show. But that's like my <laughs> you know how like when you, you like get home and like you're tired and you're just like right. doom scrolling like before bed and you're yep. just like getting depressed. Like I just I
0: try to do like a star or two in Mario. That's I need stuck, to do that at some stuck point.
1: on one of them and I'm never going to get it. And I hate it so much.
0: If I'm remembering correctly, I did all of them except for in in the All Stars remake. I did all of them except for the um Get all what is it 100 coins in each level or whatever yeah so i'm missing i guess however many levels uh, of those but i if i i think i got every other star so i need to go back and do that it's the wall jump on that first
1: ice level man like i just cannot <laughs> do it to save my life like yeah. that ledge needs to be like yeah. six feet that needs to have like six feet more of a drop <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway to talk about new stuff um this week or i guess this past week at time of recording there was a playstation state of play yeah um, that was kind of expected i had kind of read some rumors leading up to it that there was potentially going to be one soon and they uh they they did do one and they they showed quite a bit of stuff quite a quite a bit of cool stuff so we were going to talk about that briefly before we wrap it up here and and I guess, do you want to run down the list or do you want to just talk let's about just, the big hitters? Or No, let's
1: run down the list. Let's talk about, okay. like, let's not announce the list. Let's just get yeah. to it. First game's up, though. Dino Crisis,
0: right? How excited <laughs> was everyone for the reveal of Dino yeah, Crisis? Yeah, of Dino Crisis. Yeah, I, th- I was hoping. I was really hoping. Um, but either way, um, Exo Primal looks relatively interesting until I found out that it's like a PvP game or something, right? Yeah, so it looked like...
1: Like a, a nice PVE, like four to five player game. And like, I was like, oh, that's dope. Like, that's like their version of back for blood. That's their like zombie army. Like, hell yeah. Like that that sounds super fun. But it turns out it's actually a competitive game where two teams of five are going head to head. And so I'm not going to write the game off entirely, but I will say once I found out a it wasn't Dino Crisis and B, it wasn't <laughs> like a, a strictly co-op game. I definitely lost a lot of interest, but like, yeah. I don't know, the idea of like there being like inclement weather that is just dinosaurs raining down on you, I'm like, OK, this game is at least like got fun vibes, you know, like it's got like a good attitude about it. I just don't know how interested I am in the actual design. That said, I'm usually pretty easy to convince to try something. So yeah. I don't want to write it off just yet, but.
0: I think I'd be more interested in this if the PvP was 5v5 and one team was dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's actually fair. Yeah. So but yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I'm curious. Um, They showed off some new Ghostwire Tokyo gameplay and stuff. And of course, that comes out at time of recording, I guess a week, week and a half or so. Um, from yeah today. Did, is this where they announced the visual novel too, like the demo I want to say I, I think so I'm not entirely positive but I, I want to say it was if not it was within the past week or so as well gotcha so um, yeah I mean I I'm curious about that game I, I still think the way that it plays looks a little curious like the gameplay itself I'm not exactly sold on I think it looks anytime I see it it makes me think of Skyrim magic and that's That's exactly what i was going to bring up yeah yeah, that just does not sound super enticing for like an entire game so which i hope it's good though
1: you you know what actually fixed skyrim magic for me what was playstation vr that was what fixed it yeah because like with each of the move controllers you could finally like aim your hands at different places yeah that would be like fight two enemies at once like that was it was huge you know that actually sounds really cool yeah yeah uh and so uh, short of a vr update which i don't know this game might get i don't know because well this game is technically or the studio is technically owned by microsoft now right by microsoft
0: yep yep
1: so i doubt a vr expansion will come (laughs) out that would be nice but i i have a hard time seeing that i'm excited to get this just because it looks weird like to be honest like it, it looks like an unsettling game and i guess like all the ghosts you're fighting are like burned out husks of people who are just like so overworked at their jobs. And I'm like, oh, snap, that's a metaphor I can get into. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, I love the story concept. I I think the actual story behind it sounds awesome. So I really do hope it's good, because this will probably be one, if it is good, that I'll buy on Black Friday or something um, once it it hits 30. But they then showed off some of this incredible game known as Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. And there's a a new demo out. And when does that game come out, George? Is it is it this week? I think it's this week. Yeah, yeah, I think it is this week. So there's a demo out. They announced that and the demo lets you carry over progress to the full game, which is something we talked about last week, actually, with other. other Yeah, the uh,
1: the review embargo lifted today. So I assume it does come out tomorrow or Friday, whichever. Yeah, whichever of those days games come out. I'm skeptical to check this out just because I hear it's so similar (laughs) to Souls games. And like, I just got Elden Ring and I'm really trying to commit to that. You know, it's like that's the if it were less like Elden Ring and more like
0: Guardians of the Galaxy, then I think I'd be like way more on board. But I've heard the IGN review that said it was like a Neo game, but Final Fantasy, which Neo is pretty much just souls. Souls. Yeah. So, yeah, I am excited.
1: I am trying to give Final Fantasy more time. Like as longtime listeners of this show will know, like I love my time with Final Fantasy three. And I, I got super close to finishing that game. I need to go back and finish that game. I need to find my PSP first is what I need to do. Uh, but then I need to do that. I really it makes me want to go back and finish Final Fantasy 15 and go for that platinum too. It's a relatively and, uh, easy
0: platinum, actually.
1: Yeah. And they they just made it. So a whole bunch of Final Fantasy 14 content, you can be soloed now. So it's just it, it feels like they're, I'm running out of excuses to. To not check out Final Fantasy stuff. And this game looks super fun. And like I know nothing about Final Fantasy One except the couple hours I put into it on my iPhone 4, you know, when it first yeah. came to the app store.
0: That's one of those series that I've somehow never like really I think you and I are on pretty equal footing with Final Fantasy. Like I, I've played a few of them here and there. Um played the crap out of 15 and loved that game when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I need to go back now. I never played any of the expansions they did you know kind of the expansions for each character in the game and they did the the co-op expansion which i actually never played either um but i need to go back and play it now because it's got an unlocked frame rate so it'll look like really really nice on ps5 so i need to do that but yeah i mean aside from that i've really only played 14 15 and like maybe 30 hours of seven or so on uh ps1 classics like on the ps3 but Yeah, it's one of those series that I need to get into. Um, Um, But the the new game, honestly, as ridiculous as it looks, it looks pretty fun. Are we going to have to start a book club? Like, are we going
1: to start like a Final Fantasy (laughs) book club?
0: We should. We should. I mean, the thing is, I'd love to go back and play like, like I've heard a lot of people talk about six and five. I'd love to play those those era Final Fantasies. I tried a little bit of one, and that game is really hard to get into these days. Yeah, I agree. Which is why we got to check out this one. I played a lot of Five. I
1: did I beat Five? I put at least like forty hours into Five because that was like a a PSP game I had on my go when I went abroad, and I loved that game. Like that was like my first time to the job system, and that's why I really like Bravely Default because Bravely Default is basically Final Fantasy Five Two. I can't comment on Bravely Default Two. I just did not (laughs) have the time for that game. But I, I do want to check these out. I, I've i heard great things about six. I hated the DS remake of four, but I'm curious, like the way Capcom is redoing all the Resident Evils, like if if we're in for sort of like remakes and retellings of the old Final Fantasy games like this, you know, and oh, to their credit oh, man. to their credit, like they also- already released like seven, eight and nine on PS4 and five and Xbox and stuff. So.
0: Well the thing that bothers me so bad and I know that this is every Final Fantasy fan has been talking about this for months is the the Final Fantasy Pixel remakes. Oh yeah, how they changed
1: the, the opening cinematic for 6.
0: Well not just that but the fact that they are only on mobile and Steam. And so I mean I hope at some point I would love to see those games be released on Switch or on PS5, PS4. Mm-hmm. Because that that would be an awesome way to get into those for sure, because they look kind of like if I'm remembering correctly, they look a lot like um, Triangle Strategy and Octopath. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, they they do. And that was one thing that really bothered me for a long time. Like whenever we talk about Vita, I always bring this point up like it makes no sense to me that like for a while, like before they came to Xbox and and whatnot, before like the remaster was announced, it always bothered me that like the best version of Knights of the Republic was like on my iPhone. And like it always bothered me that like the best version of Grand Theft Auto Vice City Three and San Andreas were like on my iPhone, but not on my Vita. And so like it starting to get to the point where it's just like, okay, why is the best version of Final Fantasy Six on my gosh darn iPhone? Yeah, like, it's it's it yeah. makes no
0: sense. It makes zero sense. Well, and they did that with uh, Chrono Trigger too. There's like a really good, if I'm remembering correctly, really good version of Chrono Trigger on mobile, and just no side of it for for console.
1: Which is great because so,
0: the DS version is
1: up to like 130 bucks now. So thanks, yeah. Square. Yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway, speaking of Square, they also showed off some new new uh, Forspoken gameplay. Of course, newly delayed. I want to say it's October now, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Um, Correct. But yeah, I mean, that that game looks fantastic. I am so in on that game and I really hope it does not come out like it just in a mismatch of of other titles. Which I know it's going to because it's October, but um, I, I really want to pick that one up. It, it looks like a lot of fun, and I really like the concept of like not this just generic fantasy land. Like I like the idea of this random, you know, late late teens early twenties girl like getting transported into this dragon area and stuff, and like her her reactions. I think it's awesome a little pissed eerily similar to a novel I've been
1: outlining for the last couple months. So a little mad about that. Um, Do you feel like you've played a next gen game yet?
0: Um, the only one that I would say would be Forza Horizon five, which is a ridiculous statement because that came out on Xbox one so.
1: <laughs> Well, that. And like, I don't like I don't think of that as a next gen game. I think of that as like the prettiest Xbox one game because like it doesn't yeah, like no, it, it doesn't feel that different than Forza Horizon four. I don't mean to bash it like it's a great no. it's a great time. But like I haven't played anything where I'm like, holy crap, this is why I got a PlayStation five. Yeah. You know, like I'm still like I think yet, I'd agree guess. with you there. Even Flight Simulator, like, it's really technically impressive, but, like, it's not really fun. (laughs) I have one. I'm like,
0: oh, I have one. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank. The uh, Rift Apart, I would say. I would put that in the, holy crap, this is, like, a really gorgeous game category. But that is it. I I think that I solely would put that game. And like you said, I I agree with you, but I would almost put Forza Horizon 5. But no, I, Mm -hmm. I totally get the, you know, it's just a pretty Xbox One game. But no ratchet and clank i think is is gorgeous the only reason i ask is because like every
1: time i see this game this is like it feels to me like this is the first like playstation 5 game you know like this is like the first time like next gen yeah. is like punching you in the face
0: it's like when you see uncharted 2 for the first time on ps3 or yeah. MotorStorm, like the first time you see those games it's like oh man this is this is the power of the cell processor and, yeah, uh, no that's I, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, I first spoken for sure I get that same same vibe. The uh the particle effects always really get me. Well, it's that it's like Call of Duty 2 and Call of Duty 4
1: both playable on 360 but like there's a clear difference between those two games, you
0: know. Yeah. So. Uh, Call uh Duty this 2 better smoke, that's what it was. This next one uh somebody here is very excited for Gundam Evolution which is a, oh, a first person shooter game for PS5 and PS4 comes out sometime this year. I, th- I want to say it's actually been out on PC for a little while already in Japan. Yeah. 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 I had to do a lot of research on this game. So, I'm like, where the
1: hell did this come from? Uh, I'll be honest, Austin, I got hoodwinked and suckered the other day. I spent 40 bucks on a PlayStation four game called Gundam battle operation C- Codename Team Fairy or something. I don't know. Some dumb, stupid subtitle. It's like one of the worst games I've ever played. And I know because I've played like every single Gundam game. It is not just like one of the worst Gundam games I've ever played. It's one of the most annoying games I've ever played where they just took like a multiplayer game that's free to play called Gundam Battle Operation. And they put like the most bare bones campaign on it. I was trying to psych myself up. I was trying to get into it. I'm like, yeah, this could be fun. Like, let's do this. The game is just not fun. It's, it's just not where it takes like you fire your bazooka and then there's like 12 seconds before you can fire your bazooka again you swing like your you know heat hawk from if you're zeon your your beam saber if you're you know a goof or a dom whatever yeah see that's how you know I'm a real Gundam nerd yeah, guys. I'm I don't even name, know what name dropping means. the suits <laughs> well no Zockeys weren't powerful enough to actually have a, a beam saber they didn't have a strong enough reactor so they had to use the heat hawk okay um <laughs> <laughs> so like it just like you'd swing it and then you'd have to wait like eight seconds before you could swing it again and like that's how they like balance stuff for multiplayer and it was like originally like the engines like a multiplayer only game this looks like overwatch with just like gundam skins and like i'm super in i think it's so weird that like the the methis like that weird yellow thing that like transformed and then had like the double pistols like in its hands like it's so weird to me that like that is like a marquee suit in this game so far because like i thought that suit sucked and it was, like, by a character who, like, completely messed up in, in Zeta Gundam. Like, the, the suit selection is so weird to me. And, like, I just don't believe, like, in a world that a Zaku could compete with, like, the Turna Gundam from, from Turna. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, like, all this stuff makes no sense to me. I'm fascinated. I'm amazed. I want to start streaming Gundam games now from, from YouTube. I think I'm going to. I, I rearrange my office. Austin can see my new cubicle setup right here. In addition to <laughs> desk, and I got like a bar cart that is gonna put all my consoles on, and have like a switcher for for HDMI, so I can start streaming. I'm so excited, but i I have every PS2 Gundam game except for MS Saga because I just don't like that type of JRPG where you have to customize everything down to like you know the leg and hand armor kind of deal. Like this is not my speed, but I'm gonna get it because I'm an a hole. I'm obsessed with Gundam. <laughs> I'm so excited for this game. I honestly hope it's not free to play. I hope it's yeah. like 30 bucks. Like,
0: I, I hope free to play is like the thing that scares me. It is free to play, but maybe they will release a version um, that has some some content. Like, I hope so, man. It, it does content.
1: something Gundam games have never done, which is it has speed, which I think is yeah. very, very exciting.
0: Well, I'll try it out. I'll try it out and we'll see what happens. Yeah, between I that have, and no, SD no Gundam on Switch,
1: Gundam. but. We got a lot of robots to, to mess with this year. That's true. Uh,
0: the next thing they announced, I was super excited for, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Kawabunga Collection, and it's twelve old school TMNT games, uh, pretty much ranging from NES to I'm going to say up to Super Nintendo. There might be a few newer newer titles on there, but and a couple arcade games as well, if I'm remembering correctly. And so there's some really great stuff. Uh, supposedly the the games will have online functionality so you will be able to play you know the old TMNT games co-op online which i love the thought of that and so i am so in on this i i really really love turtles games specifically um i watched some of the cartoon back in the day but the games i have always just had a soft spot for and so really looking forward to this and there's also a new th- this was unrelated but there's also that new uh turtles game on the way that's going to be similar it's that side-scrolling beat-em-up style that revenge, looks great right yeah, yeah it looks fantastic when you say you watch the
1: cartoon did you are you talking about like the 90s cartoon or are you talking like the 2000s yeah, yeah the 90s okay yeah because i've heard really good things about the later series but never actually yeah. watched them
0: no i've never i never watched much else aside from the 90s one um but it, no i've heard the same thing i've heard great stuff about the later ones as well so um
1: this has got to be like one of the best packages ever, right? Like remaster packages. Like I I think they announced it was 40 bucks. It is. And like they added online functionality to a bunch of games that would like would allow it. But like the fact that it has like cross platform stuff, like it's got arcade titles, it has NES titles. I think it has SNES titles. It has Game Boy titles like that's. Pretty impressive, right? Because like even the Mega Man collections didn't include. It's really extensive.
0: yeah really it, it didn't
1: go that far yeah comparatively that's that's really cool
0: um they showed off gigabash which i'm gonna be honest i don't even really remember this so i don't know that i can comment on it that was the 3d brawler all about different kaiju
1: okay that looked relatively interesting i mean did you have any any interest if in it's it. gonna be a ps plus game like i'm 100 checking it yeah. out otherwise like it's not really my thing right there was destroy all monsters that was really big on on ps2 and or de- no destroy All Monsters, sorry that was ps3 and then there was like godzilla destroy all monsters on on ps2 it's so, like i've played a bunch of these games in the past and like they were super fun um sorry now i'm
0: like double guessing myself hold on <laughs> No, I think you're right. I, I looked Sorry, it was, up.
1: It was called no, is Eat Them on PS3. That was the game I played.
0: Okay,
1: <laughs> on PS3, it's called Eat Them, where you got to like customize your own kaiju, and it was like a cel shaded monster right. game. Um, I just want to see more gameplay. Like for me, it's like these games need to be like quick and fast, and like I basically right. want like Arkham style combat in something like this. So I just, I, I just want to see more. Yeah, but not, not against it.
0: They announced a Jojo's Bizarre Adventure game, which I've never watched or consumed anything in that universe. So i not not really my thing, but I'm sure people will buy it. George, is that something you have any interest in? I've watched the first two series of Jojo because okay. I got friends who are obsessed with it and I was trying
1: it out for them. Um, I guess this is a remake of a 2013 game. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And so it is it is a remake. I thought it was yeah. a remake of the PS one game. And then my friends very quickly corrected me. In fact, if you ever want to do an anime episode, they live in Australia, but we can work something out and uh, <laughs> they could do a Jojo primer when this game yeah. comes out for us. Uh, I am not
0: grabbing it, but honestly, like I'm just not super into fighting games. Yeah, no, so I'm the same. That's why Same boat. I think that's the one thing we're missing on this podcast is like a person that likes fighting games. Because I know I've Seth got a f- kind of does. I've got a friend I want to invite on because yeah. she like
1: goes to like actual like Street Fighter like meetup tournament thing right and so I would love to pick her brain but I feel bad because I have like definitely asked her to podcast before and like the podcast ended and like I just like kind of like left her in the lurch I'm just like <sighs> I don't want to do that again so like I need to like make sure it's like yeah. good to talk about it. like I want everything lined up I just don't want to like leave
0: her hanging again <laughs> I felt like
1: such a dick about that
0: um yeah. So anyway, we will we'll have to get some 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 uh, fighting experts on here at some point. Um, the next we need Steven Seagal. That's who we need. There you to go come on the podcast. There you go. Yeah. The next game, actually, I'm surprisingly interested in, which is Trek Tayomi. Um It I'm not sure about the gameplay, but the the style of game looks fascinating. It looks very. This is the
1: black and white slashing. Yeah. yeah. Samurai game. Yep. Uh Yeah, I mean, it looks gorgeous. I'm actually kind of surprised they showed this here just because it feels weird that everything else so far has been. Kind of like bigger and like licensed. Right. Right. And like this, this seemed like an indie showpiece. Um, no, but that's I, a good I guess point. that just means they believe in the game. So that makes me kind of more interested in checking yeah. it out. You know, it's a little, little elevated.
0: It made me think of uh, Sifu, which I still need to play. But everybody says that game is really, really good. So kind of kind of gave yeah, me the same like indie kind of everyone. I know it's like really, really, really hard. So, Yeah. Yeah, I have heard that. I have heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing may get me to finally buy Returnal, which is a new update that they've got out. I want to say it's is it out now? Is it already out? I don't I know. It was out next week. It's like out soon, month. but it's a it's right. an update for Returnal called Returnal Ascension, and it adds a new uh, Tower of Sisyphus mode whatever that means. And uh, co-op. oh dude, you don't know who Sisyphus
1: is? No, I have no idea. All right, Sisyphus is like this old Greek myth where he was like trapped in Hades, like in in the underworld, and he was told, dude, all you have to do, like, you want to get out of hell, like, not a problem, man. You can absolutely get out of hell. All you have to do is take this boulder. And like roll it up the hill and just like leave it on top of the hill. And then you're good. You can leave. You can go back to your family. It's not a problem. And it's just like, oh, this is amazing. Like I can finally get out of hell. And so he starts to push the boulder up. And the, the every single time he gets like 95% of the way there, the boulder slips and goes back down to the bottom. So he spends all of eternity just pushing a boulder up a hill that will never stay there.
0: That's interesting. So, I've never actually heard of that.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I got a book of Greek myths. I'll send your way. It's a, it's a kid's book, but that was what got me to comics because <laughs> comics are basically just myths that come out every yeah. month. It's, it was really cool.
0: But the, the the co-op here, though, is the thing that is awesome to me because, you know, leading up to this, Mark has been known for their co-op games. They did, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course, starting with Dead Nation. That was a really, really highly... Um, renowned i guess uh co-op game for for ps3 and would eventually go on to do reso gun still co-op i mean they they've really gotten their um co-op games in for sure and so i was excited to to see it coming back to this because i may actually give returnal a shot now as long as i have somebody to play it with
1: outland is like the, i think the one game they didn't bring co-op yeah to. i yeah. think there was no online co-op yeah. there might have been couch that's the only one i can uh, think of yeah, dude. I t- as soon as they announced this, I immediately moved this from my hard drive back onto my PlayStation. I'm like, okay, like this game was a little much for me uh, at the time it came out. It was just like kind of a pain in the ass, just because like <laughs> you had to sit down and play forever until you died. And so yeah. like either you were either going to play for you know five to fifteen minutes, or you were going to win the game in one sitting. You know, and so like it just got exhausting. Like there was no save function, there was no like pause function. And so I think like with a person there, I have no idea if they're scaling it to be twice as hard with two people, but That's like I'll at, least, I'll at least have more fun if someone else is there. That's been my big thing. I've realized like how lonely a lot of games are lately. Like I played a lot of Pokemon uh, Diamond last week. And there's like one scene where you have to like escort a woman through like, you know, their version of Viridian Forest. I think it's called the turn of forest. And it was just so nice, like not being alone for like, you know, the four minutes it took to get through there but it just like it did a lot to like make me feel better about playing that game and so like i i hope that like returnal does the same thing just because like i i think games i think that is a big problem with a lot of games is their inherent loneliness
0: no i agree with you totally i think um it's always nice to have that like companion character or or whoever it Mm -hmm. may be even though even though some people might find them annoying uh depending on the the title but I uh, just, I agree with you. Just completely. the fact that
1: Pikachu would follow you in yellow, you know, like that meant a lot to to eight year old me when
0: that game right. came out. So, uh, the last two we've got here, we've got the Dio Field Chronicle, which is, if I'm remembering correctly, also Square Enix game, and it kind of looks, mm-hmm. kind of looks like a Final Fantasy Tactics style game, if I'm remembering correctly. It sure does. Looks very good. Looks very, very good. It apparently has nothing to do with Final Fantasy, which kind of shocked me because it looks so similar, but um, had nothing great. to do with triangle strategy either. Surprisingly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one I'm looking forward to for sure. George, are you did you uh, gravitate toward that? No,
1: game? I have. Okay. I have no time for this game. Like, I'm already committing to pri- uh triangle strategy. Like, I don't have time to do another hundred plus hour strategy rpg game sorry square i can't believe you made two of these like back to back in like within two years you're absolutely insane
0: i'm sure a lot of Mm -hmm. people are really happy
1: but like yeah i'm already writing it off
0: and then the last game they showed was valkyrie elysium which um it looks interesting but i have to say that the gameplay looking back i've watched the trailer a couple times again another square enix game the gameplay looks a little choppy so i'm uh, I'll be curious to see how this turns out. It supposedly is coming out this year, and if I'm remembering correctly, Elijah said something about this is in um, the the Valkyrie series, which I'm I'm trying to remember the name of the most recent one. But it's a series that's been going on for a little while, and it was uh, um, Eve Eve Valkyrie for PSVR, I think, was the most recent one. Right? That yeah. Was, so that was it. That was it. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <'em. laughs> But yeah, it's, I don't think that's really my type of game, but it, uh, it looks interesting at least graphically. It looks pretty, but I'm just not, not so sure about the way the gameplay looked in the trailer. Is this, uh, is this the best state of play to date? I think so. I think so. I think so too. I think it had a little, it had a mix of everything for everybody, which I liked. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was really well paced was you know it was only what 20 25 minutes i think so yeah and it, it i like that pace i like that it wasn't like crazy long and i like that they kind of went through a series of games of of all different varieties i thought it was really really well done state of play which this is the first time i'll be honest with you this is the first time i've actually enjoyed a state of play <laughs> cuz i pretty much up till now i think they've all been really rough
1: it just seemed weird like state of play it felt like games that they were happy. They didn't have to devote a lot of time to e 3 Exactly. You know, like it always felt like third and fourth stringers, you know, like, Oh, we should talk about this. Who cares? Like, yeah, we can produce this little video, but like, it's not going to take up the stage at e 3 So like the, we, we got to save like the big guns for that. These felt like relatively medium guns, you know, like a new franchise from Capcom is nothing to, you know, sh- shake your head at a Gundam game. I think is really exciting. As, and like, I wonder if they did that just because like Nintendo had a Gundam game in their press conference, like in their most recent, uh, like Nintendo direct. Uh, I think Forspoken is still like the best looking game that I'm, I'm looking forward to most. Yeah. And yeah, I don't I, don't, I, I thought it was a great state of play. Um, I think these are not, I think the best state of play is as good as the worst Nintendo direct now. Like if, yeah. if this is if this is the thing we're going to hit for now and if this is the new level, then they are as good, at least as like the worst Nintendo directs.
0: I hope so, because like even I don't know, maybe I'm biased, but even the worst Nintendo directs, at least there's usually a game or two that I'm interested in. But mm-hmm. some of those state of plays, man, like I just they're unbearable. Some of the ones that you I've didn't watched. care about like, Predator Hunting Grounds, Austin. No. You didn't care about Iron Man VR, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> no no so hopefully we start getting better better quality and i i think oh i would hope that over this past couple years with COVID, that this is kind of a a response to that of hey you know we're not going as many places let's focus on some more digital stuff and and figure this out figure out how to do it properly and pace it properly and again i thought this was really well done so i hope we i hope we see more of this stuff yeah well cool yeah i agree so that is our show for this week. Thank you all for listening. Of course, you can find us all online. George is at PurpleBird616 on Twitter. That's also where his secondary podcast is. Short box summary, of course, his podcast all about Marvel comic books from the mid-2000s. So go yeah, check that out.
1: Austin, really quick, this week, special guest, uh, Aaliyah is coming on. My partner <laughs> Aaliyah is coming on this week. She's never read a comic book before, so I asked her to read issues seven to ten of New Avengers.
0: George, how (laughs) is she dating you? And she has never read a comic book. You are literally the biggest comic book person I know.
1: Yeah, well, I'm six two. It generally helps (laughs) when you're trying to date. (laughs) You're the largest. uh, (laughs) Yeah, and so she's just like, "Oh man, I don't care about any of your hobbies, but you're really tall." That that goes a long way, Uh, but she's coming on. I'm really excited. We're actually going to record it in like 20 minutes as we finish recording this episode. We're recording it tonight. And uh, I'm so excited. I've only recorded one other thing with her before, and that was like actually the pilot episode of Shortbox Summary, which I didn't have time to do the follow up episodes. and I didn't want to just release one episode to like not do anything. So I, I held it and then it was so long that I just recorded a new one with Fabia. So that's a little behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, very excited for that.
0: Nice. Well, go check that out. Of course, short box summary also pretty much available anywhere you can find us. So if you're listening to us on a podcast service, short box summary is probably also there. So go go listen into that as well. Um, Elijah, although he's not here, is on Twitter at local lizard man. He also streams on the side, so you can find his Twitch stream still local lizard man. So go check him out. Follow him on Twitch. Give him your your Amazon Prime subscription. Give him those Bezos bucks you know, help, a help a man out. All right. So. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. Also, I'm not going to say why, but I am just going to say congratulations, Elijah. Yeah. And if you want to know why go check Twitter.
0: Yeah. Congratulations, Elijah. I agree with that. It's a good, good, good uh, message to end off with. Um, Coach is unavailable anywhere. So you can't find him. Seth is at Seth, the nineties kid. And then I am at Austin J Eller. And of course, if you're listening to this show, you know where to find us, but please share us with your friends. And and certainly if you're listening on, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, you know, Spotify's got that new rating feature that they introduced about four or five months ago. We would love if you can go and give us a rating on there. So please do that. Of course, if you have any questions for the show or responses to anything we've talked about here on this episode. Please write us in. You can always do that via social media. We are at Pod on pretty much anything. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Message us on there. DM us on there. Tag us on there. Whatever it may be. You can also send us in questions or comments at bit.ly slash FrameskipQ. So that's bit.ly slash FrameskipQ. And uh, that that should about do it. So we will... Be back next week. We'll be back with more shenanigans. And until then, thanks for listening. Smooch.